The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's a Thursday, and the Cowboys are slinging footballs in Oxnard, California. It's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with my man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White. And as any of you who have listened to this podcast know, football season begins right now as the Cowboys have officially kicked off training camp out there in Oxnard. But before they got out there, Tom and I got together, put our brains together, and asked a couple of questions as to what we would hope for this training camp to look like, because as many people know or don't know, training camp looks a lot different than it did several years ago, Tom. This season, the Cowboys will suit up in padded practices just 10 times in this offseason before they get ready for an actual football game. So that is uh, that's not a whole lot of time to get guys on on par get guys up to speed, and uh, we even got a little bit of news to react to as they got going out at camp there on Wednesday. Yeah, uh, there were there were several developments. Uh, some are great. Some are like, mm. well, let's start with the big one. Uh, Donovan Wilson left with what's basically being reported as a calf strain. Uh, there are reports that the staff is saying it's not that bad. Uh, however, the Cowboys staff has basically lied about injuries before, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, Israel, yeah, is, yeah, Israel Mukwamu also left, uh, although he returned to the sidelines, but was held out of drill. So whatever he left for was a little bit uh, less severe. Looked like it was some leg issues with both of them. Yeah, uh, good news but, on good news on the front of uh, Mukwamu, but. The concern for Wilson, obviously, it required a cart to get him off the field. Never yeah, see I'm hoping, I'm hoping that was an excess of caution, which Ooh. makes sense. If a guy yes. goes down and says, "I can walk off," and it's one of your key star players that you just signed to an extension, and they go like, "No, you can't stay on your butt." We're bringing the cart out. No, you can't. Uh, the the probably the most uh, played highlight was the first pick of camp from Eric Scott. He got the got the first one, the rookie, that the Cowboys traded back into the sixth round to get, remember? Ooh. It looks like... And I'm guessing he did that by jumping a route, right? He did that by jumping a route on a, on a curl. Uh, no. 
<laughs> what happened was Dak Prescott and people might start, if you hear people talking about Dak Prescott's already throwing interceptions, just, you know, get, show them the hand because Dak Prescott put the ball right on Simi Fajoko's hands and it just clanked straight up in the air. It was the easiest pick you're going to see for, for Scott to, to rope in. So he was in the right place, reacted well, didn't drop the ball. Great for him. But that was on Fajoko, and it, he better clean that stuff up because there's some competition in the wide receiver room. Something else that I thought was really interesting, uh, apparently the two veterans the Cowboys traded for Brandon Cooks and Stefan Gilmore already have something of an on-field rivalry going because there was one play where Gilmore, you know, got up and, and broke up a pass intended for Cooks. And on the neck, uh, you are on a subsequent uh, rep, uh, Cooks pulled the ball in and didn't just make the catch, but he put a move on Kilmore that would have left him grabbing for air. So that's going to be fun to watch to see if those guys are playing. Prescott looked sharp. And the one other thing that visually stood out is Deuce Vaughn is a small dude. (laughs) (laughs) Those of you in the small fan base, uh, you have got, a huge opportunity with Deuce Vaughn and what he could potentially bring to this offense. Extremely exciting. If you can find him, Tom, Uh, not too hard to find out there because he does stick out when he's standing separated from his teammates, but it's in the wash, right? That you're hoping he can find himself a little bit lost at times. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of the dream. I just love the idea of of seeing them go in there being kind of like a, a a melee of bodies, you know, melee, going on and then all of a sudden Vaughn is out the far side streaking for the end zone yeah but but also the noteworthy news that came out before training camp actually got going the guys that were put on the pup list uh, I was signaling the alarm on Luke Schoonmaker there this offseason when I spotted the photo of him at minicamp with the brace on his leg and sure enough starts the offseason starts training camp on the physically unable to perform list. This is a major concern in my book. Uh, I had concerns about it when they drafted him, had concerns about it when they were being coy with this injury. And this is one that may be worse than they're letting on, Tom. I'm just going to put plant that flag down just for a bit here because it's been like a month and a half now. And yeah. he's yeah. still physically unable to perform. That's not great for a second round rookie who was expected to win this job out of camp by a lot of people. And yeah, me being one of them. And it's, it doesn't help that the the team is being very coy. We don't, I don't think anybody knows what's really going on with him. Um, um, you know, if you've heard a report, I think you can, you can illuminate me, but yeah. Uh, just all of a sudden Sean McCune looks a lot more important than he did a few days mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. Uh, Jake Ferguson got in on the action here with a couple of catches yesterday. So, or yeah, so that was good news. Uh, the other newsworthy uh, pup person is Jordan Lewis, who begins there on pup. So, that uh, any reaction to that one? Uh, I, I think that may be more caution. They're, yeah, they still want to bring him along slowly. You know, 
Terrence still was good news. And don't forget uh, the fact that Tony Pollard is full go is good news because he, he looked fine out there. So, you know, of course, this is and, – and I have to say thank you to all the people who are putting out – I guess they're called X's now. Don't be calling them Zeets. Whatever. But, you know, it, it ain't Twitter no more. I don't know. Anyway, I'm sorry. Don't let me go down that road. I might get I, I I might get us banned by the FCC or something before it was all said and done with, even though I don't think they regulate pocket. Anyway, let's proceed. But thank you to all the people who put up the little video clips from camp for those of us that couldn't make it out there. Yeah. A lot of must follows. Uh, shout out to John Machota, uh, alumni of Blogging the Boys, of course, Patrick Walker over there for DallasCowboys.com. A pair of must follows. As uh, are, there are so many out there, probably too many to name. But if you follow Tom and I at Tom Rao BTB or at RW3 there on Twitter or X, then you can get a handle on these guys as well because we share a lot of their content. Look, eyes on the ground are better than just about any that you're going to get out of there. And thankfully for the Cowboys fan base, there's more eyes on their practice than just about any around the country, I would argue, not just locally, but nationally. So there's a ton of outlets to be able to get your Cowboys fix. And we'll do our best to kind of aggregate all of that for you at blogging for the boys. So you can come to us and make sure that you didn't miss anything that went on on the social media sphere uh, involving the Dallas Cowboys. So that's kind of a breakdown of what took place there on the Cowboys' first day of camp and how things looked as they got out there to Oxnard. But, Tom, you and I really want to take a look at what we hope this training camp would be because it can go a lot of ways. As we've seen here early on now with the Donovan Wilson scare, you could have your heart ripped out of your chest before the season really ever gets going. And I think – one of the main things that we'll maybe start with here that we want to avoid is injuries to the big guns at all costs. And serious injuries. You know, there, there are going to be people that miss a few, a few practices. And like I said, it's the, uh, the, some of the, the vets, you know, uh, they go out there and, and, and tear a nail. Uh, they're going to sit them out for three, three practices just, you know, a lot because let's face it, after you've been in the NFL four, five, six seasons, you don't want to be out there, really. This is not fun for these guys. Uh, this is way too much like work. So, uh, you know, we've we've had our first couple of scares so far. We think the bullets have been dodged. You know, but as you said, we've got Schoonmarker. All right, well, we're just going to have to hang on. As I think I put it, uh, we hold our breath on every rep, and the, the every little bump and bruise leads to existential dread. <laughs> it's well said. It's extremely well said. Well, moving on then to the list of items that you and I came up with as to what we were hoping for to get out of this Cowboys training camp, what we'd like to see, and what we think will ultimately lead to you know, what Jerry said is turning the Cowboys into contenders. By the way, before we get into that, any reaction to, you know, the Jerry uh, State of the Union address and really Mike McCarthy, who kind of put it out there that the Cowboys have championship goals in mind? 
Well, I if you're a head coach in the NFL and you're not at least saying that's the the ultimate goal, then why? What are you doing? I I think that is perfectly logical. I do, however, think that McCarthy is not being unrealistic. Depending on, like I like we've already said, if health holds up, and if a few things fall into place, some of which we're going to talk about, I think this team could be playing late into January, at least. I- I think that's the expectation and should be the expectation. You're right. Like I have no issue with them saying it. Uh, it, it just gets annoying that, you know, Jerry sitting up there and saying anything about the Cowboys considering themselves as contenders or expecting to be playing for a championship or wanting to even be competing for a championship gets flipped in a way that, you know, almost makes it like a bad thing. What? Uh, at the same time, we all know the expectations surrounding Mike McCarthy. And so one of the things you highlighted, Tom, that we really would like to see involves not the Cowboys' new head coach, but certainly the Cowboys' new play caller. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm really – the word – that they said that things kind of looked encouraging, but Mike McCarthy has it. It's all on him. They parted away from Kellen Moore over some real or perceived issues with his play calling, uh, particularly failed first downs and some, I guess, a sense he still got a little conservative late in the season with things. So they moved on. Uh, This is clearly a make or break, I think, for McCarthy because – if things do go badly, I don't think he sees the fifth year of his contract. And I think that's the understanding, the expectation. I think he he and Jerry Jones understand that is clearly on the table, and it's up to him to make this offense click. He's got a quarterback that, despite the Dak bashers out there, Dak Prescott is clearly good enough to quarterback a good roster to the Super Bowl. There have been far worse quarterbacks that have gotten there and won. That's that's just the truth. And with a few areas, one of which is a big one for me, we'll get to in a moment, this roster looks strong right now as far as everything goes. You know, as I said, I'd knock on wood because – that can go south in a hurry, as we saw today, because that was two safeties that went off the field. Uh, but most of the roster looks good. Uh, there are either some fairly clear answers or some likely answers coming along. And it's up to McCarthy to make the offense click. And don't forget, it's also his job to utilize Tony Pollard effectively as the new lead back. That means you're not going to necessarily call the same plays that Kellen Moore would call for Ezekiel Elliott. That's how I see it. And, and this is all on him. Uh, as it goes on now, hopefully we're going to start to see some evolution. Uh, but we may not get a clear picture because, quite frankly, we shouldn't. Uh, anything they do in, uh, in practices is, you know, you may not really be able to tell exactly 
what is new about it and everything because you know it's practice they're not going uh you know they're not they're going to pull up you're not going to be seeing full contact even when they are in pads they're going to try to live with that because they're scared to death of injuries and the preseason game should be extremely vanilla i don't think we should see dak prescott out there hardly at all uh i i personally think the the nfl is rapidly getting to where many teams don't really use the dress rehearsal game concept and i got no problem with that you know give dak a couple of series maybe and i'll be happy uh other people will argue that point with me and i'm sorry when you're talking players that are costing 40 50 million dollars a year uh yeah let's not get them hurt in a game that means absolutely nothing mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones blue nile has something she'll adore need it fast most items can ship overnight plus enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns don't miss our special mother's day deals save big on the season's most beautiful trends for a limited time get up to 50 percent off by going to blue that's blue another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 100% agree on the way they need to utilize Dak and several other players probably this mm-hmm. preseason. Although I also wouldn't be surprised. Well... I guess Dak hasn't really played in a whole lot of preseason games for a couple of years now. So I guess I was going to say I wouldn't be surprised if he lobbied to try to play. But then again, I think the team would overrule him and he'd be fine with that. So, yeah, keep him on the sidelines. No questions there. For Mike McCarthy and those that are hopeful about him putting the offense into Dak Prescott's hands, you can be reminded that while a play caller, while uh, taking the reins of the play caller position there in Green Bay, Mike McCarthy had a designed run play called just 36% of the time. Now, here's the, I should say a designed run play executed 36% of the time. Now, he did have Aaron Rodgers during that stretch. We may have audible to a few plays here and there, but that signals a pretty significant change in philosophy just if you're basing off a of history that I would point to and say hopefully they allow Dak Prescott to run and shoot a little bit more often. When you say 36 36- percent of the time do you mean 36 percent of the games no 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 no. 36 percent of his play calls were run plays oh okay i see what you're saying yeah so he, they, he leaned heavily on the pass he was calling as the play caller he was at least were becoming pass plays right now we don't know how many of those aaron Rodgers made a decision at the line of scrimmage and ultimately converted a run play into a pass play but still during his tenure 36% of the time they ran the ball, which means they threw it 64% of the time. I I kind of like that split if you believe in your quarterback, and I do believe in the quarterback and the weapons around him. Speaking of those weapons, we know CeeDee Lamb is going to be there, and we got an inkling of that uh, against no one. Granted, CeeDee Lamb made a wonderful diving one-handed catch, rolled up, landed on his feet, and just kind of bounced up like a cat 
tossed the ball back to the ref and said, let's do it again there in practice on Wednesday. But it's not really CD that you and I are concerned about, Tom. No, and, and I'm not concerned about Brandon Cooks, especially after the practice, because he looked good. Uh, what are they going to have behind me? That's a great one-two punch. I like that. That's great. Roll those out as your top two. I'm, I'm excited. But who's your wide receiver three? You're going to have three wide receivers. This. Who's your wide receiver four? Because the odds are extremely small. You're not going to need him to fill in for a game or two. And maybe you better have a wide receiver five that can step out there if necessary, just because that's a position that gets hurt. Like it's you're vulnerable. They're going full speed for some of these collisions. They're focused on the ball, trying to get, you know, just a lot of reasons. The big, the big name right now, of course, is Michael Gallup. Uh, everyone seems to be banking on him being closer to the hundred percent. He seemed to have a, a, an okay practice. I don't know that he had anything spectacular happen. Uh, you know, we've got to see if that's going to be true. Uh, there were some roster pro some projections that uh, our one cool customer aggregated. And most people think that Jalen Tolbert is going to back bounce back from his disappointing rookie year and make this roster and prove he's worth it. Uh, I think that still needs them trying to find one, maybe two more, because will they try the Cavante Turpin as the return man? If so, he better show something in just going out and running routes. Uh, they may actually be more open to that now that he's not the shortest guy on the team anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, just saying, uh, but yeah, they, they need to get this stuff to go. Uh, and, and they need to get some people to step up. And Sammy Fajoko did not do himself any good with that. He's Here's the, the problem. You make a mistake like that, you're going to have to make a bunch of good catches in a row to get that wiped out of people's minds. Mm -hmm. You know, first day of practice, maybe cut him some slack, but you repeat that much in, in camp and you start sliding down that depth chart. And there were some other people, uh, other people, some of these uh, UDFA types and stuff that as always, somebody's going to jump out and people are going to start getting uh, so, so excited. I think it was uh, Jalen Moreno Cropper that had a really beautiful catch mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, everybody's going like, ooh, pick it, you know, and that it happens every year. But if somebody can do that consistently, yeah, they can win a spot. And as I said, the Cowboys have at least a couple of spots open in the wide receiver room right now. Yeah. In terms of my wish list, it, it would be a dreamland to think that they found five wide receivers that I could trust. I think the realistic hope is that Gallup and Jalen develop into more than Gallup becomes what he was before mm -hmm. injury and Jalen develops into a serviceable wide receiver. I mean, all he needs to do is replace Noah Brown potentially right or Cedric Wilson and we'll feel really good about Jalen Tolbert. So yeah, we, I don't we think hope, that's a too, too high bar to hope for there in the wide receiver room. Yeah, we hope that we don't see Tolbert out there for a whole lot of snaps because that's probably means somebody else isn't able to be out there.
just the harsh reality. Let him develop and really blossom this third or fourth year. Elsewhere on the offense, our hope still lies in the return of one man, potentially, and the development elsewhere. But we already got some good news on that front, as we stated earlier, with the fact that Terrence Steele is up and already ready to go. Yeah. And the Martin holdout, everybody, you know, we didn't mention that because everybody knows about that now. It's been in the news for over a week. Oh, he wasn't on the uh, team playing, Tom? Yeah, he wasn't on the team play. He's not at practice. Uh, Jerry Jones was saying uh, whatever the heck he said. Basically, it seemed to sum up like, yeah, we're not worried yet. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know Jerry, Jerry Jones is incredible at condensing a simple, you know, eight or 10 word sentence down into five paragraphs. Uh, just, but he, you know, if there's any player on this roster and maybe in the entire league that could sit out all of training camp, come in the week before the first game, get a few reps in practice and go out and you'd never be able to tell, I think it's Zach Martin. To me, the concern is what are they doing uh, with everybody else? It, it looks like they're going to go with Steele uh, and Tyron Smith as your starting tackles, I think. Uh, Tyler Smith is going to be your left guard. We know Tyler Biotish is going to be the center. We hope Martin's going to be back. Well, what do you do after that? Uh, they were running Josh Ball at right guard, uh, which is like, to me, almost – kind of experimental i'd hate to be betting on that but maybe he'll develop and be a good at least uh replace you know uh backup guard so they can have him to to cover for the starters uh but there's a lot of develop because when you look at it there's just no experience behind these guys I, I actually have a an article that i don't know if it'll be up by the time people listen to this but uh, I, I, I looked at the uh, the new offensive line coach, which I'm embarrassed to say I've I've already got to go back and take a quick look just to remember his his correct name, Mike Solari. They brought him in, uh, you know, to replace Joe Philbin. He's a guy that's been coaching in the NFL for like 40 years, lots of work as an offensive line coach, and apparently had some pretty good lines. Most of the time, it's his job now to develop these guys, because if you look at the guys they have on the roster, Chuma Doga, I think, has played in 26 NFL games, started 13 of them because he was needed due to injuries and stuff. After that, you got Matt Farniak, who started, he's been in 19 games, but he only has started Two, which was last year while they were going through the great offensive line turmoil. And I don't think anybody else has any notable snaps at all in a regular season game. And, and you know, there's like three or four of them that are rookies, so you know they don't have – these guys need to be coached up. And that's going to be Solari's job, I think, to get these guys ready and turn them into capable NFL players and figure out who your four or five backups are going to be going into the season. And, you know, the – I'm trying to remember who they had. Uh, it seems to me they, they rolled somebody out as the uh, the next up 
right tackle was kind of strong. Anyway, I just know that they've got a lot of work to do there. So yep. we're hoping to see that, and we're, we're putting our faith in Samori. I think he's a good guy to have trying to do that, but it's a lot of work. Yeah, the offensive line, I mean, this is the place where we're crossing our fingers, we're putting our hands together, saying a prayer at night. This is the spot that we're extremely wishful that the Cowboys can kind of figure it out and put it together. Um, you know, we've seen the Cowboys do this kind of Josh Ball thing where they take a guy and try to play him at different spots. Sometimes it feels like they're trying to get versatility out of a guy. Other times it feels like they're basically giving him his last shot to play in the NFL and find a position to play in the NFL. Otherwise, he may be on the way out. I don't know yet which one of these is the case for Josh Ball, but I'd probably lean on the latter simply because he hasn't made an impact at the tackle position up to this point after a couple of years. Yeah, uh, after, and, after. and and he, get, he gets the shot because they spent some draft capital on him. Mm -hmm. Bingo. That's, that's, yeah. that's all it is. So what keeps him around? Uh, let's move to the defense. Uh, anything left on the offense? I guess the uh, one more yeah, thing. Yeah, the, there are a couple. Actually, one which is just kind of wishful, but the other one. Uh, you've mentioned the problem with, with Schoonmark. Schoonmark maker. Schoonmaker. Schoonmaker. Maker. Anyway. Maker. Yeah, Schoonmaker. Uh, you know, Jake Ferguson had a couple of good catches, but all of a sudden they're down one of the guys they were planning on using. Uh, and they're really going to have to lean on Ferguson and Hendershot, Peyton Hendershot shot now until they find out for sure what they've got. Uh, we're going to find out if Sean McCune has been worth keeping around, I think. Uh, and we don't know. I, let's face it. I would not be shocked at all if we wound up seeing Schoonmaker get a red shirt out of all this, you know, effectively. Uh, because there's something wrong that they ain't telling us about. Uh, and, you know, that, you know, they've, they've, they've gotten it right. Like they did with Damone Clark, but Schoonmaker, I, you know, with the, it's worrisome because we don't know what we don't know. And I like how you put it. Your hope is that in replacing Dalton Schultz now, that the tight end group doesn't look like a pair of second-year players and a rookie, only now we might not even have the rookie in the mix. Mm -hmm. And I and, don't uh, – you know, I've said this before. I don't need them to replace Dalton Schultz's production. Brandon Cooks is here for that. He's now the number C, the wide receiver number two, and he's capable of carrying that load. So I don't need them to be that, but I do need them to be consistent and, quite honestly, also – I need them to be healthy because what I was somewhat sold on a little bit in terms of excitement is the versatility that was going to be available to this team. If they had three tight ends that they could potentially line up anywhere on the field. Yeah. And you know, you can, I think maybe you can go about doing that a different way with the running backs, getting them more incorporated into the passing game and stuff. You've got some speedy guys now. Uh, Let's let's see what develops with that. But yeah, and you know, I think part of that may be what are they going to do with Dukes? Because he, I don't think he's a guy that you're going to want for an early down back. But I think there's some real intriguing things you can do with him, uh, where you you know you have to use go to him a little bit, but 
you know, if you, you get hit on a, a couple of plays early in the season with him, then he becomes a problem for the defense to account for every game because it's on the video now and they've got to figure out, well, how do we stop that play if it burns someone early in the year? So uh, I'd like to see him kind of get back into that now. Definitely uh, begging for a role for Deuce Vaughn. Even if it's a small one, I want him on my 53 man, Tom. I've already penciled him in for, for, for me. I think he, I think he will. I think just, just because of the uh, the incredible human interest story that they're going to keep him on the roster because the Cowboys do that kind of thing. Let's just be frank. They sometimes make the final couple of roster decisions not on football utility, but on how can we generate some more coverage. And mm-hmm. Vaughn, Vaughn has any success at all. He's going to get written about. And Jerry Jones will just sit there and grin. Uh, you, now you talked about going to the, the the defense. There's just you know a couple things I think because let's face it, the defense seems so much stronger. Knock on wood. Let's get the safeties healthy again. But the defense seems so much stronger and deeper. But you mentioned you still want to find one more dependable cornerback, even two. Yeah, I, and I just can't get away from the idea that you can never have enough. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jordan Lewis being down is already an example of that. If one of Gilmore or Diggs goes down for an extended period of time, that then becomes problematic as well in terms of how you have to shuffle those cards. So, you know, I don't need anything else. At least I don't think I do from the front seven where we're at right now. If they don't perform up to the ability that I think they're capable of, then I was just wrong in my evaluation of them, but I feel very strong about what the Cowboys will will be able to do, whether that front seven is five down linemen and two linebackers, whether that front seven is, you know, four and three, whether that's a mix even of, you know, J. Ron Curse being moved into that role to, to step up into the safety. I feel good about who the front seven are. But this league, it's all about what your cornerbacks do. And, and you were a little bit prescient. I think because you came up with this for one of our topics before the news broke that they had signed cornerback Josh Butler for the 90th roster spot to go into camp. So it's like you seem to be thinking like they're thinking. And, you know, kudos to you. (laughs) Well, uh, for those who don't know, uh, Josh Butler last played in the USFL. So, I mean, a name – of a guy who can potentially fill in. Uh, he was the, uh, let's see. Okay, sorry. He's the second USFL signing after the Cowboys signed, obviously, kicker Brandon Aubrey. So getting some work out of the USFL. The Cowboys have yeah. done some scouting there, apparently. And the other thing you mentioned was kind of, uh, it's 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 sort of uh, just, you know, part of the, the story for all teams is that, we need to see that Mozzie Smith is everything he thought we would be and maybe a little bit more, you know, he was, he was, we believe drafted to plug up the run to, to shore up the middle of the line and let the Cowboys have a solid way to stop the running attack. Uh, and we hope that maybe he can also push the center or the guard back into the quarterback's lap and collapse the pocket that way. You hope your your first round pick 
is going to be a great pick. You expect him to be a starter from the beginning. Now we've got to see what he can actually bring to the field. And for, don't panic if Jonathan Hankins starts the first couple of games because he's pretty good. And, you know, I'd rather them be sure that, that, that Mozzie's ready to go. But I think Mozzie's going to line up there against the Giants and show us what he's got. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, right, it's not just about stopping the run. Although, for me, I would be satisfied if all he did was stop the run well in his first year. But, again, if he can take away that just a little half a step that quarterbacks are able to take to step up in the pocket and avoid the outside speed rushes of Tank and Micah Parsons, if they can take that away, that could potentially be have a massive effect on the defense as a whole. So that's just about everything we have, Tom, in terms of offense and defense, although we had a couple personal wishes as well. Yeah, my personal one is I want to see something happen with Hunter Lepke, the, the fullback. I just – I I hope this guy can be a full all-around running back and be that big short yardage specialist that they just can't keep from getting in the yard one yard or two yards. I just, I just, he's my pet cat. I'll say it. I usually don't use the word pet cat because I had some bad experiences years ago <laughs> when I'd pick a pet cat and two days later, they'd be out for the season with an injury, but that was mine. What was your personal wish? Go ahead. Tell us. Look, I think it's one that uh, you can bet on almost more and more likely to happen every single off season, especially as these guys do more and more, uh, split practices with opposing teams, but just give me a fight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I like a fight to get the juices flowing, preferably Cowboys against another team if I could get it. But look, we even got some jawing from Dak Prescott and Trayvon Diggs yesterday, and I'm sure that was all good fun, right? These are not guys that are going to be sparring yeah. up and throwing hands. You certainly don't want Dak Prescott throwing yeah. hands with anybody, but everybody kind of wants to see a fight going at some point, and you know it will happen because – even as nice of the temperature as it is out there, being out there, hitting the same guys, doing the same drills, having guys take potentially cheap shots here or there, or just getting frustrated with the guy you're going up against that's beating your brains in, at some point a fight is going to take place, and I'll be there to cover every angle of it, Tom. You can follow me at RW3. I will find every angle of that fight and retweet that or reseat that so you can have a piece of it as well. So uh, let us know what you think in terms of your wish list, what you would like to see from the Cowboys this preseason here in training camp that Tom or I haven't gone over. We'd love to hear from you there on the bloggingtheboys.com page. So make sure you check out that great article from Tom, and we will keep you posted on everything going on at training camp all week long, all the rest of this month leading up to the regular season. For Tom, I'm Roy. Y'all stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we will see you next Thursday. 